What's happening? Hour number two, J-Mart and Ramon on this Tuesday, powered by All Four Seasons Garage Doors. Mm. Right here in Nashville, allfourseasonsgarages.com slash Nashville is where you want to go to learn more. 11-year NFL veteran and ball for life, Ramon Foster is here. Jonathan Schaefer, 17-year Bishop Sycamore Letterman is here. <laughs> I played 12 years of Bishop Sycamore. Yep. I'm Jason Martin, at Ramon Foster, at Schaefer on sports, at J-Mart Radio, at J-Mart and Ramon. <laughs> Josh Ward, sports animal in Knoxville, joins this next segment. In the summertime, I would go to Bishop Sycamore to fish on their campus. And they don't even have one. They don't have a campus? Nope. Or they don't have a pond? They don't have Yes. Either. The answer is yes. <laughs> I fish there during the summers, Jay. That gladiator, like... Uh, character they have on their jerseys though is pretty raw it's it's pretty tight we found ron slays beretta on the campus of bishop sycamore what yeah how about it was it intact or was it missing some wheels missing a roof missing (laughs) definitely missing a roof i didn't know where you were going with that but that was good shout out to everybody in the chat this morning too i don't know about that they were pretty unruly yesterday (laughs) cancel jason <laughs> they were still going on. Look at Auntie Harris. She's in there having a ball. Slate right was now. the worst. I see him yesterday <laughs> afternoon. He comes up to me. He's like, <laughs> just laughing. Just evil laugh. Yeah. Slate just shoves up an egg and people on. That <laughs> type of person. I'm egg his house. Cracks an egg on your car. In his car. He is the Pied Piper. <laughs> he saw you and just bust out laughing. So did you yesterday. see? So did you see that uh, Texas going to make Deshaun Watson active? On the 53 and just sit him? Yeah. That's why I tweeted out the uh, gift from shot. Atari's combat yesterday afternoon, which is two tanks, because that's what it is. Shout I remember that. Just out. tanks. I remember that game. Yeah. Shout out to Deshaun, man. Yeah. I, you hear my uncomfortable laugh. Like, I don't. I don't know what to say. Hashtag awkward. He's just going to be a healthy scratch on the 53 every week. Bet he is. Uh, by the way, they let, uh, what was it, Eric Reed kick mm-hmm. in the game? Yeah. Solid. Mm-hmm. Cully, good on you for allowing that man to live out his dreams. Like, he's got a second career. You're a kicker. You, you understand that. But not like that. Yeah, he did kick he it to the goal line. Yeah, it was it was ball. it was something else. Yeah. It was good. So I'm gonna look if if I'm the kicker. I'm look if yeah if I'm the starting kicker. Don't I'm let him at, do that again. Yeah, uh, we're good. It's almost like the quarterback being pulled out for a wildcat play. Like no, I play quarterback. What's the skip Bayless drop? It's my turn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my turn. Colts had the worst all season of everybody, and that that takes effort considering the Jaguars also exist. <laughs> yeah. And it keeps piling on. Carson Wentz, Quentin Nelson, Quentin and Kelly. In their center. Yeah. It's my turn. <laughs> That's the biggest baby sound. It's my turn. Top observation from James Lewis. Moan fished in the pond at Bishop Sycamore. Realized all they have is catfish swimming around. <laughs> well done, James. That's probably the best line of the day. Still two more hours for you guys to try and get a top five better than that, but I'm not sure you will. Read that again. That was good. That's really solid. You just snorted again. No, Del Shafe did. That. Oh, did. that thing's so natural, it works. <laughs> that's what she said. Sounds like CG, hey, man. That's what we own behind the glass today, Shafe. It's a party in here already. CG, man.
Said I went fishing at the pond of Bishop Sycamore, and all I caught was catfish. That was good right there. Barbecue sauce. So is Carson, Carson Wentz is unvaccinated? Yeah, he's unvaccinated. That could be trouble. Ooh, he could be sitting for a while. Cousin Zach. Ready for that Jacob Eason experience? <laughs> Tots and pears, baby. <laughs> Tots and I say thoughts and prayers and it's it's tots sweet and potato tots and prayers straight up dog barbecue sauce with, with pepper on them. Carson's unvaxxed, man. Um, for real, thoughts and prayers to him. You don't know how that thing's gonna hit you, but imagine just, having a worse off season, a worse surgery. last month than the Jags, who lost one of their first round draft picks for the year. Yeah, and had Tim Tebow there, <laughs> and lost the beloved uh, Gardner Minshew. And whatever Urban, whatever else Urban Meyer's been doing. There's inside rumblings that they don't like winners and losers. Uh, Herbs had the worst body language. Did you see the uh, the story about a veteran walking, like, passing him in the hallway? And basically, a veteran meaning an older player on yeah, the team. Yeah, I'm aware. Yeah, I've I heard just, the top. I've yeah. heard the comment before. I know, mentioned veteran. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but... They passed him in the hallway and after their first loss in the uh, preseason and said he just straight up had to tell him, hey, coach, it's just the preseason. Relax. Like, a player shouldn't. Yeah. And then Urban Meyer tried to trend for him. <laughs> yeah, I wish he would have. <laughs> Uh, I've heard of players choking out uh, coaches at Florida before. He'll be the second. By one. the way, Bishop Sycamore, I was just thinking about this. I'm not sure. I'm not sure why you haven't done this yet, Mo. Talk Your boy him. that tried to walk onto the Steelers practice. He probably came from Bishop Sycamore. He probably, <laughs> probably playing again. Oh, know somebody in Ohio that probably went to Bishop Sycamore. Nice. Well, no, he could have coached because that coach had warrants. Because of Mike in Cleveland. What's going on, Mike? What's good? What's good? What's good? Yo, I know y'all. Yeah, y'all in the chat got plenty of jokes about me. It's a sick of me. I just want to tell y'all, on top of what I call, I am a newly found Christian man. Okay, I have no warrants. My record is clean, and I have no jailhouse match. Wait, 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 wait a second, Mike. Uh, it's awesome that you're a fellow believer, but it doesn't yes. mean that you haven't committed sins. That's why Jesus died for you. Look, man, I, I didn't already testify and, you know, yeah, confess to the Father, you know, my sins. I'm forgiven, okay, But that sir? doesn't mean that you don't have warrants or that you didn't okay, have look. warrants. Okay, well, look, speaking on that, let's get on Bishop Sankamore and get off the lead, okay? <laughs> oh, you know, so you do have warrants. You're trying to change it. Ooh, abrupt change the topic, Mike. Cousin P, Cousin P, run my name, baby. Cousin P, run my name. He'll tell you. Cousin P got my back. Cousin P got my back. Okay? I actually got a cop grid. Okay? Cousin P, you hear me, baby? Actually. <laughs> yeah. Actually got a cop friend. <laughs> he actually got a cop friend down. That's how good I'm There's dirty cops, too, Mo, too, Mike. <laughs> no. Speaking of dirty, okay, look. The reason I called, hey, on the Jags, though, I told you all watch out for them Jags because I knew it was going to go one or two ways. Either it was going to be a, a that preseason game was either going to be a complete dumpster fire or, or uh, Trevor Lawrence was going to come out and look a whole lot better, and he looked a whole lot better. So, I mean, yeah, the Colts, you know, it, it's that – I ain't even sorry, man. Forget him. Yeah, it's y'all's turn to suck in the in this division. It's y'all's turn. And I can see the Jags actually being, like, number two behind us. But, okay, Bishop Sycamore, yo, anything in Ohio you can get papers for 
It don't it, it don't matter. I could open up a high school right now. Zigzags, Mike. Okay. <laughs> huh? Nothing. Go ahead. So, I'm just saying anything in Ohio is that that's the rest of the country is like, oh, you got to have paperwork. In Ohio, we can get the paperwork because it ain't what you know, it's who you know. Ohio still runs off a good a good old boy network. My cousin and that cousin went to Catholic school together, and so pretty much we know where to meet up, how to meet up, and what it's going to cost to get what I'm trying to get done. Ohio is very much still connected in, uh, like, okay, in Cleveland, I know for Cleveland, if, if I want to do some construction work or get a, a city bid, on, on the, I know which company to talk to to put my bid in. So more than likely, for the right price, I'm going to get that job. That's how pretty much all of Ohio still works. It ain't what you know, it's who you know. So Bishop Sycamore, that coach, he knows some folks. And mm. them kids ain't kids. Those are straight-up delinquents that's, you know, trying to probably start over again but start over the wrong way. So, you know, it's, it's not surprising as a man from Ohio, living in Ohio, it's not surprising whatsoever that they even exist. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to call and let's fill y'all in on that right there. Yeah. It's, it's Ohio, baby. All right, that, Mike. That's how it works, you know? I, yeah. yeah. Oh, that, Jay, that's why I'm asking you about the bootlegs. Hook me up, Jay. <laughs> Hook me up. That's why. And see, I'm telling you, you got to be hood certified. You know somebody in Cleveland, they Hook me up with the bootlegs, baby. We can get some money in. I got the crates. Capers, no. They, I'm about to ship them to you, baby. Let's get this money. Mike, Mike, Mike. Mike, ship them. Mike, open the good book today, buddy. I'll ship them crates out. Notice he was trying to drag you down with him. Oh, I know. He's trying to get Jay booted out here. Yeah, not, not, not. Also, I think think Mike said this. Mike, the man's name is not Bishop. That's the name of the place. (laughs) Bishop Sycamore, that man got warrants. No. I mean, yes and no. We calling him Bishop from here on now. Archbishop Sycamore. Our might be corrupt. Bishop. I'm going to create Archbishop Make Maple, and they're going to play Bishop Sycamore. Archbishop. Cardinal. Archbishop Maple. Cardinal Dogwood. I like that. That's cool. I thought you'd like that. When we come back, Josh like Ward that. from Knoxville. That's a city that exists. <laughs> What kind of transition is that? Bishop Sycamore doesn't exist. Knoxville does exist. Hey, keep up. Keep up. I'm quick around these parts. No, Good effort. Josh Ward from WNML, the sports animal. Don't give me that crap. WNML, the sports animal, joins us. We'll talk SEC and a whole lot of balls. We'll actually ask him what the record's going to be, and we'll go game by game because we've hit hit the time. Be right back. Jay Martin, 1045 The Zone. Welcome back, Jay Martin and Ramon, 104.5 The Zone on this Tuesday. It's Cut Down Tuesday across the NFL. It's also UT Ticket Tuesday. Each Tuesday before Tennessee home games, you got a chance to win a pair of tickets to see the Vols at Neyland Stadium. Meant to mention this earlier and didn't, but here you go. Caller number five right now to Jonathan Schaefer wins two tickets to Tennessee BG Thursday to kick off the 2021 season see Heupel's debut. See Joe Milton's debut in a Tennessee uniform as well. Caller number five, 615-737-1045. Just make sure you can make it to Knoxville on Thursday. Two tickets 
to Tennessee Bowling Green to caller number five to Jonathan Schaefer. One more time. That's 615-737-1045. Balls Eagles kicking off the season. As we welcome in Josh Ward, our friend from WNML, the sports animal. How are you, Josh? I'm doing well. Good morning, guys. Football's here. It is here. Thank goodness. Our long national nightmare has come to a close. I know this is not like, I don't even know what to say here because we all sort of have expected this for a while, but Joe Milton is the guy. Um, what is, what's the reaction down there or over there, I should say, to everything that's happening uh, with the quarterback position at Tennessee? And you're right. That was the expectation that Joe Milton would be named the starter. It was just a matter of when. Would Josh Heupel do it Monday of game week? Would he wait until game day for us to find out? But over the last couple of weeks, since that second scrimmage, word started to get out that, yeah, it's going to be Joe Milton. And the bigger question would be, who's the backup? Which is still a question that remains, Hendon Hooker versus Harrison Bailey. But the reaction I found in Knoxville is that Fans are getting excited about the idea of what Joe Milton could do in this offense for Tennessee. He's a big athlete. He has a big arm. And there is history there with Josh Heupel having recruited Joe Milton uh, while being at UCF and Joe Milton coming from down in Florida. And now a chance for the quarterback coach that the fans are starting to believe in of, hey, he can at least get this offense turned around and he can improve the quarterback position, which has been a mess for the last few years. Well, how about trying to do that with the, uh, a big time talent in Joe Milton and it didn't work out at Michigan fans know that but I think fans are starting to believe in at least the offense being better this year and if that's going to be the case they're going to expect the quarterback position to be better so why not buy into the uh, really talented quarterback who's come to Tennessee to try to get his career restarted what's the feeling in Knoxville right now amongst your listeners amongst the fan base about this season I still think overall in terms of how the season will go, what the record will be, the expectations are being kept within reason. You're, you're going to hear some seven and five, maybe eight and four. Uh, I, I don't know that I've had anybody say, hey, you know what? I, I kind of like our chances for nine and three this year. I haven't heard that. So I think a lot of fans are saying, hey, if we can win six or seven games, meaning get to bowl eligibility, and, and I guess that's still somewhat of a question with what will happen with the NCAA case. But just in terms of the record, if you can get to at least six wins, seven for sure, I think most fans would be really happy with that. What fans are most often adding to that record, because six and six overall is not incredibly impressive. It's, hey, I want to be more competitive. I want to be more fun to watch. That comes back to the offensive side of the conversation. But fans want to avoid, for obvious reasons, a 34 to seven game against Kentucky. They don't want to have a second half where they're watching the third and fourth quarters against Arkansas, where Tennessee looks like it's completely out of the ballgame. So those opponents where fans, one, kind of expect to beat, but also, for sure, do not expect to get pushed around. Tennessee fans want to see those kinds of games go away, where, okay, Alabama, Georgia, there are no expectations for those games. But Missouri, Kentucky, South Carolina, Pitt in week two, fans expect to be competitive, I think, in all of those games and at least win enough of them for the record to be respectable at the end of the season. So early, early on... Uh, the Pittsburgh game seems like it's pretty important. Like Bowling Green, yeah, you want to look good against Bowling Green, but Bowling Green's awful. Tennessee Tech is Tennessee Tech. Florida, well, that's that's not a game I imagine a lot of Vols fans are expecting to win. But Pittsburgh is the one that you look at in the first month and say, man, if you can just pick that one off, end up 3-1 and one going into October, you might feel pretty good about yourself. For sure, uh, because both teams seem comparable. Josh Heupel and Pat Narduzzi have coached against each other with Heupel being the head coach at UCF, they split those two games. 
But I think if you just if you look at those two teams and you look at where Tennessee fans believe the team can be this year, well, then getting a win against a team like Pitt would would be the scenario they're looking at to say, okay, we're going to feel good about where things are. You can flip the script as well and say, okay, if Tennessee loses week two, and then you you make the assumption that Tennessee loses in Gainesville against Florida, what did you get out of the month of September? All of a sudden that game at Missouri becomes really important the next week when you travel to Gainesville and travel to Columbia the next week. And there starts to be a little bit of pressure on where things are. If you're in the seven and five camp, well then beating Pitt kind of becomes necessary almost when you start to do the math of how things could go in the SEC. So it's just, it's an important game week two against Pitt for a number of reasons. We're not going to find out much about Pitt probably this week. They play UMass on Saturday and uh, we're 38 point favorite. So Tennessee's a massive favorite. Pitt is as well. They both should be able to cruise through through week one and then we'll get a better idea of what these two teams are in week two. Um, As far as Joe Milton's concerned, you know, he, he left Michigan. And, I mean, Joe Burrow left Ohio State. So it's it's not a sense that you get kicked out. Sometimes you got to change environments a little bit. But but his transition from Michigan to UT, do you see this being a, a good thing? Why did it happen? What, like you said, fans are seem to be excited about it, but for what reasons are they excited about him being a considering he's a transfer guy also? Right. Uh, well, uh, it didn't work out there, but he's our guy now. I think that's where you start the conversation okay. if you're, you're Tennessee but I think a lot of it is trying to buy into Josh Heupel and his legitimate history of success coaching quarterbacks and offense working out and then seeing the tools that Joe Milton possesses. And you can find some positive highlights. You can go online and see some plays where he's shown his arm strength while he was at Michigan. While overall, it did not work out last year. I think another reason that fans are probably saying, hey, it can work out for us is looking at Michigan saying, hey, Michigan's had its own issues. And there's some questions about what's going on with Jim Harbaugh and that offense and other quarterbacks didn't live up to maybe what the potential was. Shea Patterson went there after transferring from Ole Miss and, and maybe didn't become what so many people thought he would as a recruit. So I think a lot of Tennessee fans are saying, hey, Jim Harbaugh's not going in the right direction of where offensive play is. Josh Heupel is. So if Josh Heupel can continue to do what he's done with other quarterbacks, we're in some cases he didn't have that much time to get them ready to go play and they have success early on why not with Joe Milton a guy who at least does have experience he, he doesn't have the injured thumb like he did part of last season that's part of the conversation too so you might come back and say well this may just be Tennessee fans talking themselves into it mm-hmm. that's August in college football I would also argue so you know in in May or June the conversation with Joe Milton probably wasn't what it is now but his talent I think is is legitimate. I don't think too many people are questioning the ability that Joe Milton has. It's the decision-making, it's his ability to run an offense, and that comes back to either trust or buy-in to the head coach, Josh Heupel and his staff, being able to get more out of Milton. Um, from, from what I've seen so far from this uh, depth chart being released, I think it was yesterday, we're seeing some kids that look that I thought should have played earlier, especially being from the state, and they're actually in the starter roles. You have a kid, Elijah Simmons, who's here out of uh, Nashville. You have another kid. Um, let's let's go to well, Tyler Barron, who's out of Tennessee. Also, you got the Mays brothers from Tennessee, Jerome Carvin from Tennessee, <clears throat> and and you're seeing a lot of these home state kids start right now. And I, I'm looking at it, is is it the last ten you didn't develop enough? Because from all I've heard, the Elijah Simmons kid had all of the ability, but 
he just couldn't crack the starting lineup or play consistently. We're seeing these kids now start to play, start to get into this rotation of being hometown guys that start for their school. Good thing coming from them or what uh, as far as Rocket Top's concerned right now with these hometown kids? Yeah, if you're a Tennessee fan, pull for those guys to have success because recruiting to this point in the state in 2022 has probably not gone how the coaching staff hoped considering it's a, a state that's filled with talent for this year's class. So if those guys can succeed, I can guarantee you Tennessee staff is going to go back out on the recruiting trail and talk to the coaches, talk to some of the recruits that they have started to build relationships with and say, look, we're, we're getting the most out of Tennessee guys. Uh, Amari Thomas was a highly touted player. You know, highly touted players want to see guys that were also well thought of mm-hmm. go to Tennessee and do well. So Elijah Simmons would be a guy that, yeah, he, he walks in the room and he's going to stand out compared to, I think, other defensive linemen. If he can stand out on the field, then that's something that you go pitch on the recruiting trail. Jabari Small would be an obvious name because he's at the running back position. Yeah. He's going to have the ball in his hands. And you go you go sell that on the west end of the state with uh, Jabari Small and Amari Thomas coming from there. But uh, uh, Elijah, back to him, he was maybe the name that stood out first to me because I did not expect to see him listed as a starter yeah. on the depth chart. So that, that really makes me curious to see what has Ronnie Gardner seen out of him? What might he do? What's the defensive line rotation like? Um, and it, we should get some kind of idea against Bowling Green because they're going to play a lot of guys. So let's see what the rotation is like. But uh, in the state of Tennessee, they have players on the roster. Jerome Carvin's a guy that uh, also he's been a part of the program for four years. He can play, and uh, he chose Tennessee over Florida, over Mississippi State. He's with a different staff, of course. But if he can play well, there's another guy that was a four-star prospect at a high school that you go pitch to recruits in the 22 and 20, uh, 23 classes. WNML's Josh Ward joining us here on the line. Josh, what, what do you think the strongest unit is on this team? I mean, I know we've talked to Joey Kent before, and he's talked about the wide receivers. There's, there's, there's a lot of talent there, and, of course, they can get utilized a lot in a Josh Heupel system. Offensive line has a little bit of experience uh, at some of the key spots, but but which which place do you think the, the biggest strength lies for this Vols team? I would probably come back to wide receiver and that is betting on talent and that's looking at projection because we are talking about a lot of guys that haven't really played. Um, Jalen Hyde played some last year. Valus Jones has, has played a fair amount at this point in his career, but he's, he's never really been a standout at wide receiver. He's going to have more of an opportunity this year to do that along with what he's done as a kick returner. He's, he's established himself there for sure, but uh, let's see what Cedric Tillman can do. A big wide receiver who his name was in bold on the depth chart on Monday. Let's see what uh, a couple of second year guys like Jimmy Callaway, maybe Jimmy holiday can do good athletes. I think Callaway is a guy that has some breakout potential. Javante Payton has played in the league from Mississippi state and, and he can help for sure at wide receiver this year. And then some other guys I think will have a chance to emerge. So I choose wide receiver first. I feel pretty good about where Tennessee is at running back. Uh, again, it's potential we're talking about, but with small Tyon Evans, who has been a bit of a camp standout, and then freshman Jalen Wright, one of the fastest guys on the team. And then uh, I, I think with receiver and running back, I'm also kind of betting on this offense, allowing them to show what they can do. The defensive line, I think, could be one of the more overachieving groups compared to what the conversation was in the spring because they have veteran experience. They have Rodney Garner coaching. They have a defensive line coach compared to how all of last season went. So that has to help. And then um, you know the secondary Let's see. They, they have some veterans, and Alante Taylor's played a good amount. Jalen McCullough was really highly touted a couple of years ago. Uh, the previous staff really liked Trayvon Flowers at safety. So let's see how that group develops, and I, I like their coaching with Willie Martinez and Tim Banks. So there's some groups here that, that could 
could be pretty good. Uh, how high their individual position groups would rank in the SEC, I don't know. But in terms of being able to be productive with what the staff will ask them to do, I kind of I look to the veterans on the defensive side, and I look to the the speed and potential on the offensive side. So the gritted teeth emoji on the flip side, the kind of cringe emoji, what's, what's that unit where you're just like, oh, gosh, I do not know about this unit? Well, I think linebacker has been the obvious answer. Having Juwan Mitchell helps, for sure. Getting him from Texas was kind of a must with the players that left at linebacker and the concern they already had at that potential uh, at that position. Let's see what Jeremy Banks does uh, as he's got more of an opportunity. He, to this point, he's not been very good at the position. Now he has a starting opportunity. What's the depth at linebacker? If somebody goes down, where are they? Aaron Beasley came back after being suspended in the spring. They have a, a senior in Solon Page who hasn't played that much, but he's been in the program for several years. But linebacker, I think, is the obvious question. Uh, the, the offensive line can be okay. You mentioned that group. There's some veterans. And uh, Javante Spragans is a, a sophomore guard that I continue to hear good things about. That's just a position group where it's so important. And I also come back to say, let's see it. Let's see if Darnell Wright's ready to go because he's a player we've also talked about. If if he plays well and, and he starts to live up to what his hype was arriving at Tennessee, well, then maybe it, it turns into a strength. But what if they deal with injuries? That's something you have to prepare for, and I don't know where the offensive line is there. And then it's just such an important position group. So I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say the offensive line is a weakness. It's just that's one of the biggest talking points for me. How well does the offensive line play? And I've heard good things about Glenn Ellerby, Tennessee's offensive line coach. So can he get more out of this group than what we've seen the last few years? One of my biggest questions to go along with quarterback to start the season. Um, we've already kind of had this question asked before. Uh, I think it was last week, and, and Josh Heupel and Alex Golish kind of play hot between – hot potato uh, between the two on who's calling the plays. Before we get down to any issues, who do you assume is play- is calling the plays for this offense? Yeah, I thought that was curious, too. Uh, it's, it's Josh Heupel's offense. Okay. So my assumption is going to be what needs to get done is going to come from Josh Heupel. So that, that was kind of where my expectation was going in. Uh, but let's see. I, do they do some situational stuff? We've heard about that with, with other staffs in the past. But I, if I'm making an assumption – my assumption is the guy that was hired to run the program, to fix the offense, to fix the quarterback position. It's no knock on, on his other offensive assistant coaches because I, I do think they're well thought of, but it comes back to Josh Heupel. So what is the record? What, what's, what do you feel like Tennessee is actually going to do this year? So I've uh, said six and six most of the summer, and that's where I am two days before the opener. So my official record is six and six. I, I did the um, – the win total machine. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a website, game day on rockytop.com. It, it's free. You can, you can fill in each game, game by game, your, your uh, percentage chance that Tennessee will win. And I came out to 6.6. So I, I get confused about, can you actually round up a win? But 6.6 was my number. So that means I would be closer to seven and five than five and seven, but six and six for Tennessee, meaning bowl eligibility. So Pittsburgh, yay or nay? Uh, I lean, I lean nay right now, but uh, that's not in, that's not definite. Uh, check back with me next week if you need to, but, uh, I kind of lean nay right now, but you know, Pitt, Pitt has some questions that kind of line up with Tennessee. Can they run the football more effectively? Tennessee saying, Hey, we're going to be better up front. We talked to Matthew Butler on my show last week and he said, he can't wait to show what this defensive front can do. 
Pitt is going into this season saying, hey, we have a veteran quarterback, but we want to show that we can run the football. I think other teams are saying, hey, we're going to run at Tennessee, and they're going to have to show that they can stop us. If Tennessee can stop teams, if they can stop Pitt next week, they'll probably win that game. I'll just look at one cluster real quick before we let you go. Missouri, South Carolina, Kentucky. That's October 2nd, 9th, and 6th. How do the Vols do in those three games, which are certainly important in the East? Yeah, if I'm leaning no against Pitt, then I, I probably lean two and one in those three. Need to beat South Carolina. Just have to, uh, I think, in, in home, year one for Shane Beamer. Um, so is it must win? I don't know, but it's it, it's better not lose. I, I put it in that camp. And then split Missouri Kentucky. If you can do that, that I think is your your roadmap to get to at least six and six. And what's the over under on points in Ole Miss, uh, Tennessee on the sixteenth of October? Uh, whatever it is, uh, Josh is on the over. So uh, <laughs> they, you, you take the alternate line, add seven points to it, and I'll still take the over. Josh, your uh, your salad take is is spot on, brother. It's naked salad or nothing. There, there's no need for dressing on our salads. Yeah, thank you. Uh, putting dressing on your salad is playing yourself. It's That's the, my take. It's the worst take of all time. The worst <laughs> dressing take. is not needed, man. Ever. It's not mayo yeah. with Andy Staples, but it's close, Josh. What? Yeah, my my taste buds work, so I I can find the the Amen. flavor that I need in the salad as it's given to me. This Give me the protein and the cheese and the lettuce. Exactly right, Josh. Always good to catch up with you, brother. Wow, what is this? Thank you, guys. No, well, he said it. It was like most controversial opinion about food. I saw, but. And he put this salad deal, and I'm like, yep, naked salad, FT-dub. That's what I do. I mean, every once in a while, I can handle a little bit now. I used to not be able to handle any of it. But generally speaking, it is it is dry as a bone salad. Boneless salad. All day. All wow. day. You know, I know Josh is still listening, so on his take. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that was from both Naked of salad, bro. Lettuce, cheese, put the ham, put the turkey. Give me give me the chef salad no. with no dressing. Occasionally, you can put tomatoes on it. Sometimes I think that overdoes it. Give me the cucumber. No. Give me the broccoli, the cauliflower, the bacon, like all the protein you can find, but you can keep that dressing. Sounds like serial killer talk. It's gross, man. Sounds like Generally, like people that overdress their salads, it's like you're drinking a salad. No. That salad shaker crap that at McDonald's. Very elitist. What you're saying right now. I I will agree with overdressing yourself. Overdressing is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you don't need to overdress. You don't it. need it at all. Here. What salad is, this, is better without it? What is a hey, salad hey, but a hey. a dressing delivery system? That's it. Y'all some haters. You you wow. Do better. Six one five seven three seven one zero four five seven three seven one zero four five. Apparently, people don't agree with Josh and me, but they're wrong. No, they don't. They're completely wrong. I know. I know it's. That's why it's a controversial take. Y'all walk around with lime and and rope in the back of your cars too. I'll tell you what. You've pissed off the fam on the YouTube chat two days in a row. You oh, should go for the whole them week. Off. Now. I'm not saying you can't do what you want to do. Cancel I'm just Jason. saying. I'm. I'm actually happy. I don't cancel the dressing. Cancel it's Jason. just. Added non-health. Save save salads. <laughs> save your salad from boredom. Six one five seven three seven one zero four five. Some some late news coming in on from Tom Pelissero about uh, Deshaun Watson. I'll tell you what that is uh, after I listen to it during the break. I'll be right back, Jay Martin Remote one zero four five the zone. Finish it up the second hour. It's J. Martin Ramon, 104.5 The Zone. Thanks to Josh Ward from the Sports Animal.
for joining us. We have Roger Saffold in first hour of the show. We will let you hear that again in the third hour. His last name, I think it's Darren Word in Hermitage. Congrats on winning two tickets to Vols Eagles on Thursday. I think it's Falcons. Falcons, whatever. No, no, no. No, no, no. no. I mean, that's fine. I'm just saying, whatever. Yeah. It's okay. a bird. They're terrible. No. That's you're probably merit. right. Yeah, you're right. Well, I you can demerit me. You got demerited on Twitter, so I just brought it on. Oh, give a crap. Clearly. Yep, Council J is going again. Yeah, because I I can eat salad how I want. You can do it however you want. I don't care. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying to me it's it's never We're saying been that necessary. You're wrong. And I get it. <laughs> I get it. Um <laughs> Hold up. Look at the chat. How, how am I getting slandered in here? Because somebody said, I bet you drive a self, uh, you have a self driving car. And I'm like, no, <laughs> Moan does because he showed it off on Friday. You're like, it drives itself. Because you had it, you had it make a turn yeah. while you were showing me the fragrance option. Yeah. Which fragrance, uh, fragrance did you pick that day? It was, it was the- either fresh or it was leather because you were like, this one's leather and wood and this it one's smells fresh. like mahogany. <laughs> Come on, Jay. Don't be this. Not on air today. Well, not when they're calling me out for driving a self-driving car when you oh, literally oh, have one. You know what, mode? That is demerit. Jay, no. No. Man. You got to take I yours. drive a 2013 oh, oh, oh. Rat. I drive a Dodge Stratus. There are people in this world who walk in, Jay. Be thankful. 2013 RAV4. Wow, my car is actually car. newer than his. Yeah. Hey, shout Woo-hoo. out to Simple Sumner. Boys of Genesis Auto Brokers. <laughs> My dogs. By the way, speaking of, do we got something we got to do real no, quick? Well, we we have actually found the Bishop Sycamore official yes. roster. Your, yes. uh, Schaefer's got that for us. Come on, man. Marcus Williams, University of Georgia. C.J. Jackson, Wayne State University. Tavarius Smith King, Merrimack <laughs> College. Kyle Royal, Smoochie Wallace. <laughs> University of Miami. Desquarius Green Jr., University of Notre Dame. Ibrahim Moises, University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. Jack Marius Taxeratrix, Michigan State University. The Isaiah T. Billings Clyde, Coastal Carolina University. The Jasper Probenkrux III, South Carolina State University. Leoz Maxwell Jr., East Carolina University. Jabaris Jamar Jabaris and Lamar. University of Middle Tennessee. Devoin <laughs> Showerham. University of Southern Mississippi. Hingle McCringleberry. Yeah. University. That's it. Yeah. I was hoping it was the uh, triple parakeet shoes strunk flug it one. Hingle McCringleberry. Oh, but wait, there's more. X Miss Jackson Flaxen Waxen. <laughs> California <laughs> University of Pennsylvania. Yeah, California. Baby. Baby. Yeah. Yeah. The Glester Hot Dunkin' Chud. University of Wisconsin. Hot Chud, baby. Swerverton L. Goodings Flat. Swerverton. Saskatchewan University. Quattro, Quattro. San Jose State University. Osmataz Buckshank. Stanford University. Visa 12 Washing Beard. Jones College. Washing Beard. Visa 12 Washing Beard. I didn't know Cal U of Pennsylvania was in there. That makes me so happy. Cal U. Oh, shout out to the PSAC. <laughs> I'll never get tired. A couple times a year, I'll go find all of those and rewatch them. Kringleberry. Speaking of names, the quarterback room at Clemson. 
Who? Have you seen the other kid who tore his Achilles and who's back practicing right now, earlier this year? His last, I don't even want to attempt it. It's like so many P's and... and Fomachan. Hey, spell it real quick. P-H-O-M-M-A-C-H-A-N-H. Yeah. I can spell it too. (laughs) S-M-I-T-H. What's his first name? Tayson. He's Tayson. Tayson, not an M, Call him T.P. Yeah. (laughs) T.P. What's his last name? I don't know. Pharrell Williams. Pharrell Williams. Pharaoh. Pharaoh. Hey. That's, they got a they got a very intricate naming room in the at Clemson in the quarterback room. Good list. Third hour of the show is coming up next. Six one five seven three seven one zero four five. Cut down day. Who makes it? Who doesn't? We discuss when we come back after the top of the hour headlines on one zero four five. The zone.